Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Thursday, the 17th of November. Today, I'm joined by Agna Veitkovicute, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, Agna. How are you doing today? Just splendid, Peter. How about yourself? <laughs> Very good. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> God dear me. Sorry about that. Has um, the autumn statement shocked I, I, Well, <laughs> something like that, yeah. You're, you're in a different country today, aren't you? Where, where are you I coming am. from? I'm coming from Switzerland, where it's, I would say nice, but it's actually just as rainy as the UK, but less yeah. polluted. So very, very Brilliant. lovely to be back home for a little bit. Brilliant. Uh, and also, you've got to tell people that chocolate thing you told me. Oh, yes. Well, I'm going to, I wish, you know, honestly, we should get a brand sponsor for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. But there is this incredible chocolate here called Villars, V-I-L-L-A-R-S. Yep. And it makes the most amazing milk chocolate. For someone who is usually a fan of dark chocolate, I tasted the special edition ones where they make it with milk from the like, three different cantons. And I swear to you, it tasted like caramel, but from the milk, you know, where you can really taste the quality of the milk, that it's so fruity and caramel. Uh. Amazing. God. Yeah, I tell you the way you talk about it. I just, you know, I, I just, I just need to try and get some in my life. You really um, do. Yeah. Oh, there's the coffee machine at a <laughs> Coffee machine, brilliant. Uh, well, Not the police. <laughs> but I was going to say better than the police sirens. Uh, anyway, so um, what story did you pick out for today's uh, Watson's Daily? So today I picked the story about the difficult time that the British farmers are having, which was yep. in the Daily Telegraph. Yeah. So unfortunately for the poor British farmers, they've been facing crises and crises over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Well, first starting with the supply chain disruptions from COVID. Then, of course, that was accentuated by supply chain issues from the Ukraine war. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of that, there's also been an issue in um, acquiring labor just because there's been increase of labor shortages. And mm-hmm. there's also been issues with acquiring with the, getting good prices for the three F's as it stands, feed, fuel and fertilizer. Mm-hmm. And already, as you pointed out, the UK only eats 50, uh, just under 50 percent of the food uh, that they eat in the UK is produced within the country. And that mm-hmm. is likely to now fall because of all of these supply chain and labor short issues and labor shortages. And the reason I thought the story was interesting was not so much as for the domestic implications, because, of course, all these bad news means, again, rising prices for the domestic consumer. But mm-hmm. I also thought it was interesting because it really puts into perspective how these big macro factors and global events from the past few, uh, few years have are starting to impact domestic economies and particularly the agricultural sector, which is an incredibly important sector because, I mean, without food, we don't eat. Um, so supply chain issues have made it much more difficult to get the not only feed for the animals, but to also get affordable fertilizer and fuel. And that is going to increase prices. But on top of that, climate change is another big issue that's clearly having an effect, not just in the UK, but across the world with rising uh, temperatures or Mm. I guess cooling temperatures in some places. But when you have economies that and agricultural, well, and agricultural businesses that have been have developed on based on a certain climate and now it's changing that's just inevitably going to inevitably going to lead to even more unpredictability in the sector and the business which is already very unpredictable and where uh, the amount of uh, what well, the the weather conditions already impact the amount of supply of 
produce produced very drastically. So I think that's this just highlights how important it is to remember that changing times are going to have massive implications. Mm. And also another uh, UK specific factor that I thought was interesting, especially from the labor shortage point of view, is that it clearly shows the fact that Brexit is going to have on the sector mm. because there's a lot of the seasonal workers in the UK come here who help pick fruits and work on farms. They are actually from the EU, or at least they used to be, because of course, when the UK was part of the EU, it was just much easier for them to arrive here and they had better wages. Mm. Now, of course, that's more difficult. So there's uh, EU workers are not as willing to come to the UK because it's just too much of a hassle. And mm. on the other hand, we have the increase. Well, the UK has an increasing, well, they have an increasing labor shortage, but also they have an increased amount of workforce that is not in work. Yeah. So that's an interesting compare contrast and as we'll talk a bit more tomorrow but in from what i understand the current autumn statement jeremy hunt didn't really do anything to address the issues of labor so i think that shows how there will be continue how the farming sector in the uk will continue to have more and more issues and mm. uh, so yeah that's i thought it was interesting overall just because i think what we're seeing in the uk except for the brexit side is that there farming sectors are struggling quite a bit with the, mm. the past the events of the past few years and it's something that everyone needs to consider for all the countries in the world especially with climate change and supply chain issues uh, because the import and export of foods as well is very important business and central to economies and generates a lot of re revenue for economies mm. and if that is made more difficult because of issues, but also countries are struggling to produce domestically, which would be even better for the environment and for local economies, then we're going to be in a bit of a pickle. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and so what do you think about this issue then? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, farmers have really been through, um, really been through it over the last few years, mm -hmm. um, whether, whether it's, you know, fuel prices, fertilizer prices, because um, remember, you know, there was that, I forgot the name of it now, the, the, that factory, um, which is run by an American, I think it was it CF Industries, wasn't it? Um, that yeah, um, American um, factory mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, American company that makes, the, you know, the vast majority of our, not only fertilizer, mm -hmm. but also carbon dioxide as well. Because oh, okay. one of them is a, one of them is a byproduct of the other. Yeah. Um, and, you know, not only have they had that, the Ukraine war has meant again, um, you know, that fertilizing things has uh, uh, you know, the supply has, has gone down, which mm -hmm. has created high prices. Um, and as you can, again, you say about the whole labor thing. Uh, I mean, I, I have to say, I think that um, COVID kind of disguised in a way, some of the effects of Brexit yeah. um, because people were much more focused. I mean, I know this sounds awful, but in a way, I, I remember thinking at the time that, you know, Boris Johnson pro is probably thinking, well, you know, what? Uh, although nightmare though COVID is, this has been quite handy in a way <laughs> because, um, you know, it's taken the it's taken the focus off Brexit. For sure. Um, I was thinking so, the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's... so but now, you know, we're, we're going forward. And I think mm -hmm. that it would be fair to say that um you know the problems that brexit has brought have not really been addressed yeah and this is now starting to manifest itself mm -hmm. and i think long term if nothing is done about it and they're just left to just 
you know, with the current rules, yeah. um, the agricultural industry is going to die. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I think that something needs to be done here, some kinds mm-hmm. of special visas, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, um, you know, may, maybe things will be better, but they certainly are mm-hmm. an industry that definitely needs investment. And you would argue that they are a, I mean, it is a key industry. Yeah. It's not, sure. you know, it's a key, like, say, you know, uh, as much as, say, defence or mm-hmm. telecoms or something like that. Um, I mean, obviously, all important though leisure industry, leisure and hospitality is. It's not. I would as actually essential. argue. <laughs> yeah, I would actually argue that you know the that some of those ones I just mentioned are even more deserving of of a helping hand. Yeah. Um, but um, but anyway, yeah, it's 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 an interesting subject. Um, it's something that um, will will continue, and we'll have to see whether the you know what initiatives if any mm-hmm. um that the government uh, uh take on this yeah hopefully it's not looking good now based on what we well briefly looked at <coughs> from the autumn statement but yeah hope, we'll see i guess it, it's something to be seen um but yeah mm. what about you then peter yeah. what's your story for today yeah. well um just to sort of carry on from what you've just said there um uh, to reiterate yes we are mm. aware that the autumn statement has has come out um, we're not going to comment on it on this podcast. Yep. We'll do it tomorrow. And I think we'll do a, a podcast on it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I think, you know, I need time to, <laughs> to digest it and to think about it um, more than anything. Because um, let, let's be honest, I, I've literally just got back from the gym. <laughs> so that's why, I mean, it was, it, was, it was coming out while I was at the gym. So I do need time to actually read the thing. Um, but anyway, so um, on, on that, um, so I decided to pick for today um, the, um, the subject of um, zero COVID, uh, China, zero COVID China changing or, uh, yeah, and, and, yeah. and this is a story that comes from the Daily Telegraph. In fact, quite a lot of stories came from the <laughs> Telegraph today. But, um, um, but anyway, it was all about the fact that, um, uh, you know, the G20 meetings have uh, been going on. You've had uh, Xi Jinping walking around without a mask on, which apparently is amazing. Wow. Yes, there you go. <laughs> um, but, you know, China has been hit massively. Um, the economy has been hit massively by um, the policies, the zero COVID policies, whereby there are huge shutdowns of factories, cities, you know, people can't move around and it's really resulting in a lot of frustration. Mm-hmm. The most recent example of which is at Foxconn that they're very, um, was it Zhenzhou? I don't, I, I'm sorry uh, for anyone's Chinese out there that I'm absolutely murdering the pr- pronunciation there, but you know, that is the biggest um, factory that Foxconn has in China. And um, in fact, you've got these workers you know, sites these workers climbing yeah. the, the fences to get out of out of there um, because yeah. they don't want to be shut down. Uh, you know, they don't want to be locked in. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, if if you if you actually combine the sight of that, the feeling of the people of frustration. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, again, I don't know how many lockdowns they've had in Shanghai, but it's a few. Too many. And, yeah, and um, and and so the frustration is must be building mm. um and so maybe uh maybe uh, there is a chance that um xi jinping could potentially um relent on the on the strict uh, nature of these lockdowns uh and i think and i did say this in yesterday's um watson's daily purely coincidentally but <laughs> i did say 
I do think that everyone's pricing in doom and gloom for China yeah. forever. But the fact of the matter is, if he does lift this and it mm. and it sticks, then um, we've suddenly got growth coming from China kicking yeah. in again, uh, which I think the world could do with um, at the moment. Um, and I think that if that is the case and it opens up and it can help by providing stuff to the world, yeah. then maybe there's a, there's more scope for, um, uh, you know, chats with cosy fireside chats with Biden <laughs> um, and um, repealing some of the uh, things, that, you know, the tariffs and things that were brought in by yeah. a very aggressive Donald Trump. Yeah. So, you know, it could be we could see a thawing. Uh, and if we do, I think that that will be very good for the world economy. The, the, but there are limiting factors. One is that do we believe Xi Jinping? And is, you know, what, that's, that's one, mm -hmm. one thing. Secondly, is how sustainable is it going to be? Yeah. So could he just turn around and go, well, actually, yeah, we'll do a shutdown now, which I think he could. Sorry, guys. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> Oopsies. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so those those are certainly two uh, two things uh, two things to consider. And mm. I suppose the other thing as well is like, even if they start, you know, factories start going to full capacity again, yes. although you've got shipping lines and containers and things, much more. There's more availability mm -hmm. because the world's going into global recession. You kind of think, well. Who's going to buy all the stuff, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's interesting. Maybe people are reading too much into it. Apparently, um, you know, stock markets went up a lot on, on this. Um, mm -hmm. I think at the close of play um, at the most, you know, in today's session, it was largely unchanged, I would okay. say. Um, and so it wasn't a big boom. So maybe people are getting ahead of themselves. But the rumour is, that this is going to be, uh, and everyone loves a good rumor, of course. Um, <laughs> of course, <laughs> is, is that um, the restrictions will lift in, um, you know, in March. Yeah. So there you go. Soon enough to be <laughs> reachable, but yeah. far enough away to to be able to do stuff in the meantime. Yeah, because when I saw March, I was thinking that's still a ways away. It's not mm. like they're opening up in December or you know January. No, March, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, would probably, I would probably echo everything you said. I totally agree. Mm. I just think with China, I mean, it's a notoriously closed off country politically. And mm. based on what's happened with not only the COVID crisis, but of course, the property crisis that's happening in China right now, mm. I think it has lost a lot of trust, almost in a sense, because China is always a country who was able to be an economic powerhouse, get things done without any conditions so what i'm thinking of here as well is it had this whole belt and road initiative where it wanted to set up development um plans and initiative in all the countries around this belt and road mm, mm. road or overground belt sorry i probably got that mixed around That's and right. it was giving the all these countries loans saying hey look we're gonna give you a loan at a great rate to mm. like very few let us come into your country and build infrastructure, development infrastructure. Mm. But on the condition that, you know, if you can't pay us back eventually, we can have your port or we can have this. Or mm. and even in other instances they, where they did build it, the infrastructure was terrible. But yeah. nevertheless, a lot of countries found these incredibly appealing, these offers, because there was no conditions attached. 
in terms of like human rights obligations or democracy obligations or anything of the sort. So China had this reputation for really, you know, having big deep pockets and being able to get things done, having a manufacturing powerhouse, Mm. being able to provide a bunch of supply of goods and even services, mm. um, but now, well, predominantly goods. But now, of course, with COVID, that was hampered because, of course, they completely shut down. So that really challenged supply chains. And now with the property crisis going on at the same time within the country and the domestic tension that it's been stirring, because although the Chinese government is known for clamping down on the scent, mm. nevertheless, it's starting to get through in the news as like a few weeks ago, I remember I saw... Uh, a news story at the BBC about this man who protested in the street with a sign and that was starting to spread on WeChat. So I do think that whether this zero, well, you know, like taking down the zero COVID policy will actually have as much of a positive impact will depend on how sustainable it'll be economically and socially. And since China hasn't been doing so well, I mean, it's been, um, it's, economy has been shrinking Mm. i think this has hindered its credibility might make investors just a bit more cautious than they would have otherwise had been and of course in the next what is it six months i think until Mm. march uh they we need to see what happens it's more like four months months. months. (laughs) sorry i'm getting ahead of giving himself gonna say you need yeah (laughs) you need to change your watch there i did i was like wait it's november i've lost track of time yeah 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 but yeah i definitely think that um they're oh sorry i thought i forgot what i was saying (laughs) my numbers confused me but anywho yes i think that it will depend a lot on what goes on internally and how Mm. xi jinping is able to manage his property crisis and society because as you said i think people are starting to get you know a bit antsy and not so happy about being constantly Mm. in lockdown Mm. but yeah i mean i hope i hope you're right i hope that you know it is sustainable and it Mm. does work out because it would be great for the world economy Mm. but i do think also as people as countries are politically cautious of china Mm. Mm -hmm. um i think that might hamper its ability but maybe they'll also temper it in its Mm. and especially in xi jinping's attempts to really you know be a political force in the international stage yeah and hopefully just focus on the economy and stay on that and help the world. But, you know, also my cynical side isn't really sure about that, but to be seen. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. So, you know, let's see how that goes. Um, you know, whether this was just a rumor that kind of, you know, got out, not so got out of hand, but, <laughs> well, maybe it was but like I think it would make, waters yeah, I mean, I think this, yeah, I mean, I think that this is, it does, look like it could happen um so anyway we'll see but anyway thank you very much indeed agna uh, as always for your your insight today um thank you very much for listeners for listening um as i said um earlier we are going to be talking about the autumn statement yes but to be honest by tomorrow you're probably all going to be pretty bored of it so um we are (laughs) going to try and pick out the the, you know what are the actual implications Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, I mean, if there is anything else that we uh, feel we should talk about, obviously we'll talk about that as well. Um, you know, just also to reiterate, um, uh, was it reiterate? It is Thursday, <laughs> I don't know why I re- reiterate that, but uh, you know, it's Thursday today, so um, for gold and silver members, um, we do a, a call on Thursday at six o'clock, uh, and what happens there is I will go through. Um, what has happened this week so far uh, and I actually I probably will be talking a, a, a mm. bit about the autumn statement in that yeah. um, and then uh, I will be to, um, 
you know, we'll be talk- doing some debating topics, which mm-hmm. are in today's um, Watson's Daily. But anyway, thank you very much indeed for listening. Thank, thank you for so being much, there. Everyone. Thank and you. <laughs> uh, and uh, we'll be back again tomorrow. Many thanks. Bye. Bye.